Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. So Phil, today we're excited to welcome Brian Jones to the Sea Captain Way podcast. Brian is the owner of Coaching for Executives. He has more than 25 years of financial services executive experience in global, technical, functional, strategic, and operational roles. Brian works with leaders and teams of all levels around the world to develop and hone the skills they need to grow and succeed. He does this primarily through individual and team coaching. Brian is a member of the International Coaching Federation and a GE Six Sigma Black Belt, Master Black Belt, and Attorney. How about that, Phil? First of all, welcome, Brian. Gosh, darn it. Good to see you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Good to talk again. You know, I, that GE Six Sigma black belt right attached to being an attorney, I think you probably need a black belt, don't you, to be an attorney just to protect yourself? Or what, how does that work? You know, what's interesting about those two sort of disciplines, Phil, is they both did for me a common thing, which is if you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be in the process improvement business, at some level, it's really about focus on process and how things work. And for me, coming out of undergraduate where I studied you know, political science and all kinds of other fun stuff, going into law was super helpful because it made me discipline my brain and really focus on how things get done. And I think Six Sigma is a very similar sort of thing. It disciplines the brain, disciplines an approach. And then if you have an approach to a problem, you're going to be more likely to succeed than if you're just you know, kind of otherwise flailing around. So I actually see them as being strangely complimentary. You know, it's it's interesting. And I, I was actually going for the joke and Brian went for the uh, perspective, which is actually awesome. Yeah, that's why uh, I feel about so, our teammates. Uh, I was saying I was going to hope we both learn how to put our hand through a brick by the end of the episode. But you know what? You, you never know. You never know. I haven't, never you know, know, guys. So uh, let's get started. Yeah. So, Brian, uh, when did you meet Phil and how do you two know each other? You know, it's uh, it's back to what we were talking about a little bit ago, Greg. It's kind of that that Mizzou connection. So uh, I worked uh, with a guy at Swiss Re called Russ McGuire, who's uh, another Mizzou guy. And Russ and I were peers and friends. And you know, we were we were talking career and talking. I, I was telling Russ, "Hey, I might want to do something else someday. I'm kind of thinking about this coaching stuff. What do you think?" And Russ, being Russ, super gracious, super supportive, he said, "You know, I got this buddy. He's also a Mizzou guy called Phil." Phil has done this already, and Phil may be a guy you want to talk to. So, Phil, I reached out to you, I don't know, probably a couple years ago. And look, you were super gracious with your time, super gracious with your brain, and sharing with me your experiences as you had moved from one stage of your career into what you're doing now and gave me some just just some excellent insights on how you did it, but also some ways I should be thinking in terms of my own sort of journey. So that, that's, I think, really how we, we came to came to meet each other, Phil. Yeah, no, I, I think that's spot on. And, you know, it's it's going to get to a point where our, our listeners are going to think this is all about Mizzou <laughs> because it seems like all of a sudden we've got all these coaches coming through. But that was just a connection. What I learned and understood was how passionate Brian was about making this move, how he had thought about it. You know, all I was doing was giving him some perspective, maybe a couple ways to cut a corner or make it 
operate more smoothly. So it was good. And it's cool about two years uh, ago that you were pursuing this vision. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your coaching practice. What do your coaching sessions look like? You know, Phil, I think a typical coaching session, it really starts with what the client wants to talk about. And typically when I'm working with a client, there are themes that are emerging. So they have themes in terms of, hey, I need some help thinking about my career. I want to do this. I'm now doing that. How do I think about that? They may be working through some kind of tactical or strategic leadership challenges. So maybe they've taken a bigger job. Maybe they don't quite know what the next step is in terms of that job, how to think about it. What we spend a lot of time doing through the coaching method is asking me, asking a lot of questions to get clarity on what their challenge is and then help them find some solutions to whatever's trouble in their soul, whatever's getting in their way. And, and as you know, oftentimes with people, they come and they've got a topic and they think they have a problem. But through the coaching exercise, you realize, well, actually, it's a little bit different than you thought. And one of the great kind of moments is when you have that sort of epiphany with them where they realize, hey, wait a minute, I actually understand my problem now. I actually understand what I can do about it. And now I'm going to get on with it. And that's, that's, uh, that's, if there's a home run coaching session, it looks something like that, where you just help the client sort of reveal in themselves, around themselves, how to solve the challenges. Yeah, I think the key word there that I picked up was soul. I, I think that's a really good word, Greg. Touching on what's corrupting their soul. How do they want to get that sense of clarity? That's a cool statement I don't hear very often. Wow. I'm going to think about that one for a second. <laughs> You bit my (laughs) brain. Cool. So, Brian, you published a white paper on your website titled Three Common Leadership Challenges. Can you explain what these three challenges are for us? Yeah. So one of my observations, guys, is when I'm dealing with young leaders, I'm oftentimes, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I'm sometimes surprised at what they haven't learned yet. And I think it's probably because corporate training wasn't what it was, you know, 25 years ago when I was starting. When I was starting, there was a big focus. If you stepped into a leadership role, a lot of kind of basic training on basic skills. So how do I motivate a team? How do I get work done through others? How do I think about priorities? How do I set my day? How do I influence and communicate? These are things that I was able to learn when I was coming through, through coursework and then feedback and practice and and feel like I got pretty good at. A lot of the young people in particular I encounter haven't for whatever reason, had the same exposure to that type of training. So what I end up working with them on, as reflected in that white paper you referenced, are really some basic things. So, for example, when you get a new job, I always tell people, and it's kind of a joke, but not really, what are the five things that are going to get you fired? Do you know what those are? Do you know how you're going to mitigate those? Do you know, do you have the right people working on the right things? Because a leader's job, of course, is to get work done through other people. Well, are the right people on the bus with me? Are they working on the right things with the right tools? These are things that a a new leader needs to be able to take a step back from the kind of crucible of, oh, my God, I'm in a bigger role and really try to calmly reflect on and try to action. And that's really what that white paper goes to. Basic skills doing routine things routinely as a leader. And that starts to then help you get traction and make sure your team is, is heading in the right direction towards the right, correct mountaintop. Well, that's interesting. I, I think I probably experienced uh, those five things that get you fired this past <laughs> week. But that's a really interesting way, interesting take on that, Brian, which is, okay, let's start with playing good defense. 
right? And create awareness is what I'm picking up. It's really creating awareness around these potential landmines that you might hit. And and then, of course, coming coming into then, okay, now that we have that baseline, now let's make this thing go. That's right, Phil. And, and the other thing I would just add that I always encourage leaders, irrespective of the level at which we're coaching, do you have time to think? You know, in a, in a modern company, a modern organization, you can find your calendar so fully booked with meetings that you can trick yourself into believing you're busy and you're being effective at the same time. And a lot of times, especially with new leaders, they have so much going on, they don't have the, t- the time to kind of stop, think, step back and survey the landscape. And part of the leader's job, of course, is trying to work out not just what's going to get you fired, but what's going to sink the team. Where, where does the team need you? Where are you not today that you need to be a proper leader for those that team, but also to be doing a proper leadership job for your shareholders? That requires time, and you got to block the time in your calendar and make that make space for that sort of thinking. Yeah, that's a really good add-on, and that is around uh, calendar management, but also uh, you know taking the time uh, to move a little slower in order to speed up later, right? Yeah, I did. That. So Phil, that is one of his superpowers that he works with his clients on calendar management, and he's got a new program with another uh, top advisor. And I noticed he was sharing his calendar. They were doing a seminar, and he this guy was meeting like ten clients a day, and he had marked on his calendar recovery time. Like it's certain, I was like, wow, that's uh, interesting that he's mindful of that. Yeah. So uh, we share, Brian, you know, based on what I've come to understand about you, we share common philosophy and themes around executive leadership coaching practices. You know, one of these is how you get from base camp to summit in your professional life. You know, getting to the summit Mount Everest is a hell of a climb, but to go to the mountaintop, you need a Sherpa and a guide. So how do you help uh, individuals and teams achieve their next summit through your leadership coaching and services? I think, Phil, one of the things that really helps is working with people and listening and trying to understand the context. And here, what I part of what I mean is if you're working with a company, what are their goals? I mean, what are, what are the things that they want to achieve as a company? What do they perceive to be the obstacles in the way? It's the same thing when you're coaching an individual, understanding what they're looking for, not presuming I know, not projecting onto them my own sort of dreams and ambitions, but really getting down to what do you want? And then getting them to also articulate an answer to the question, why do you want that? How does that work for you? And when we were talking about um, the soul earlier, uh, part of what I also want people to think about is you're working and you have a work life, but it's in a broader context of your life. And your life has lots of things. It has your family. It has your community. It has the things that give you meaning. Wherever we're going on the way up that mountaintop, we've got to be visiting together meaning. I'm not going to tell you what that is for you. That's so deeply personal. I will help you explore that. And I think it's important to explore that because I I don't know how you are, Phil, but I experience a lot of folks who think they want the corporate mountaintop job. They've got to be the CEO. Fine. But they also haven't done the thinking of, okay, everything comes with a cost. Is that a cost you're willing to pay? And I have no judgment about it. But what I want to do with you is I want to work with you and understand, let's get it on the table. So that when you choose, you're choosing with clarity. And I think that's as a coach, whether I'm coaching a person or a business, that level of clarity about why are we here? What are we doing? What are we about? is just hyper, hyper important. 
Yeah, that's so well said. And, you know, because that piece that Brian's bringing up, Greg, that I think is vital is this piece about no growth comes without loss. Now, I learned that from one of my executive coaches. And the example I use is when my wife buys clothing, you put a piece of clothing in the closet. Well, that means something else has to come out. And she's really good about that. But not everybody is. What we do then is we get a cluttered closet. And so what are you prepared to give up in order to get what you're looking for is really a nice, well, it's a tough perspective for a lot of people. I have not, I have not mastered that one yet. I'm, I'm still the last member of members only. <laughs> yes. And I, I did see you on Hoarders uh-huh. recently as well. Yeah. I, I remember seeing <laughs> yeah. you on that show. So Brian, you have a post on your website called Project Waterloo that talks about how project work is a cornerstone of most modern organizations. In the article, you share ideas informed by your leadership experiences and training as a Six Sigma black belt and master black belt. The ideas are intended to increase the probability of success for those who find themselves responsible for leading a project. Can you share some of the tips and ideas you provided in the article with us? Sure, Greg. I think anybody that's worked in an organization of any size at all has probably been involved in some form of a nightmare project. And sometimes I call this a zombie project. So it starts with one purpose in life. Time passes. Before you know it, it's some form of you know corporate revenant that it's kind of stalking around, ruining people's careers, burning money in the corner. And nobody can even remember six months later, why did we start this damn thing, right? And part of what um, I spend time talking to people about is, again, back to basics. If you're going to launch a project, start with what the problem is. And this is something you learned in Six Sigma school. Do you have a problem statement? Can you measure your problem? Why is it a problem? For whom? How big? Having a deep understanding of those things and then being able to simply say in one sentence, here's the problem. Here's the thing I'm feeling, right? And then having a structured way. It doesn't matter what method you you use. You can use Six Sigma. You can use Lean. You can use Kaizen. You can use a lot of tools, but use a tool so you're not just bumbling through the forest and use that tool to help you manage through a set of toll gates towards an outcome. A lot of times what happens to companies and people is they get enthralled with, oh, there's a tech app. Oh, this tech, that tech. And tech companies love to hear that because they can already feel you writing them the big check. A better method is to start with your basics, start with your process, get down to what is my problem? Where's the pain? Start eliminating things. And once you've kind of streamlined your process, got it in good order, then start thinking about, okay, how do I digitize this thing? But a lot of times people don't start with the process. They start with digitizing something they don't understand. And millions of dollars later, they're a bit frustrated. Boy, that's that's a mouthful there. I, I could go on a couple tangents with this one, having experienced it. But that's uh, beyond probably the scope of today. Yeah, that's interesting, Brian, because I've worked in the, the agency business for a long time. And you know, back when people started building WordPress websites, they, the agencies that knew how to do it could charge a premium. I mean, you know, a six-figure website. And then eventually it became other people figured out how to do it. And then they were kind of like a one-trick pony that it's like then, you know, we couldn't compete on price. And it was like, well... We need to come to the table with more than this technology piece. So I I really uh, feel that one. Yeah. So uh, in your coaching practice, Brian, you help new and aspiring leaders. Let's shift maybe to the next wave, the up and comers, if you will, to find their leadership values and voice. Can you explain how you do this with those leaders? Yeah, Phil, I think part of what I encourage folks to do, young leaders in particular, is we talk about who do you recognize yourself as a good leader? 
And then let's deconstruct a little bit the behaviors that you think are going into that good leadership that they're exhibiting, right? So what do you want to emulate? And what I talk to people about is every person you meet, every leader could have a good impression or a bad impression. So look at the people who are really good at things, but also look at the people you think are not so good. What makes them not so good? What do you not want to be? And and we use these things as, as tools to help them sort of clarify how they're approaching their teams, they're approaching their own work. The other thing I encourage people to do, by the way, is especially young leaders, read, 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 expose yourself to new ideas. If you're not looking at the Wall Street Journal, in my view, you should be. If you're not looking at Harvard Business Review, in my view, you should be. If, if you're not understanding kind of what's going on in, let's say, the theory of leadership, th- there are places you ought to think about plugging in because they'll probably, you'll probably pick something up that you weren't considering. Another thing I spend a lot of time focused with people on, guys, is communication. I think sometimes, especially new leaders, they feel like they need to communicate in a very particular, very formal way that may or may not be their own voice. I also experience people when I engage them using a lot of euphemisms, a lot of corporatisms. And uh, I just I wrote a blog earlier this summer memorializing the death of a philosopher I like, Harry Frankfurt, who uh, was a philosopher, philosophy professor at, I think he was at Princeton. Anyway, he wrote a book. I don't know if I can say this on your show, but it was called On Bullshit oh, um, it's okay. several years ago. <laughs> So, And part of what he said, I, I think, is really important for any kind of leadership communication, because he was it's a philosophical text concerning the nature of BS and where it comes from and how it works. And one of the things he writes is BS is this lack of connection or concern with the truth and indifference to how things are. And part of what I stress uh, as I'm working through young leaders with this particular book is everybody knows it when you're a leader and you're BSing and you lose credibility when you do that. So you think you're talking corporate language, but in reality, you're undercutting credibility. So let's take that away. What's your voice? Let's work on finding your voice and whatever that might be. But don't be that guy. Don't be that BSer. Yeah, I I remember uh, reading a story about a physics professor grading a paper and a student was trying to BS his answer. And he said, this isn't right. This isn't even wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, it's true. I mean, when you really think about it, I always talk to people, you know, don't try to be something that you're not. That sounds very trite almost. But the point is that that don't try to be an expert in an area that that you just aren't studied or at least have passion around. And and I see this happen a lot. And then the other piece is, and I've said this before, is, you know, I, I was at a stage where I was trying to do everything I thought I should be doing instead of what I really believe should be done, only to find that I was struggling in it. And then I was going to get let go. And I hadn't even done it my way. That's right. Right. So crazy, right? Yeah. So think about think about that one. And I, I so I've been there. I know I felt mm-hmm. that one. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So Brian, you were recently a panelist at the Women in Insurance Summit in New York, and you were part of a panel discussing fighting fatigue and avoiding burnout. During the conversation, you discussed the importance of remembering to focus on leadership fundamentals when under stress. Can you expand on this for us? Yeah, one of the things that I was uh, just stressing to the audience is just a belief, Greg, that, look, sometimes leaders take on too much. 
And look at this environment people lead in. I mean, we're just, we're still coming out of COVID. People are trying to work out, are we back to the office? Is it hybrid? The economy is up and down. Employees have new demands. Shareholders have demands. It's a lot. And what can happen to folks is they can become so concerned with all the noise around them, they forget sort of, again, their common goal or their common responsibility, which is I got to lead people. I got to get work done through others. I got to influence. And if I'm trying to solve everybody's problem every day, that's going to make me crazy. I don't have the time for that or the emotional energy for that. So let's focus on some basics. And what I talked about, which where I see people kind of missing it sometimes is, are you delegating? Are you getting work off your desk? What are you doing to empower your team? What are you doing to grow the next leader underneath you to take your place? These are the kinds of things you should be spending time on. Are you spending time advocating for your team, advocating for resource, making sure people know what a great job your team is doing? That's the role of the leader. And and what I experience when I'm coaching people or observing them, oftentimes they're doing their last job. They're not doing the current job. They're doing the job they 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 were good at that got them promoted. And then they forgot, wow, it's time for me to grow. And so part of my message to the audience there was, you know, a leader makes his or her life much better when they're actually leading and not trying to be one of the team members. And that those are the, some of the fundamentals that we were speaking about. And that, that could go into parenting. I don't need uh, my kids to be my buddy. I remember once, Greg, that my kids were like out one night and my, my brother was there, who's a wonderful guy, great leader. But they were saying, how come you can't be more like Uncle Dave? Because Uncle Dave is, is so much fun. And I said, you know what, guys? It's because I'm your dad. And there'll be a day when I'll be more like Uncle Dave, but that's not today. And so, you know, it's that type of thing where you do have to realize that there is a little bit of separation here, right? Yeah, roles and responsibilities. Yeah, Brian, Phil, do Phil's got three yes. sons, and when you meet them, it's like there's four Phil Benders standing there. It's quite a sight. They like a brute <laughs> squad or something. It's- <laughs> yeah, well, it's always important to have kids that will protect you. Right. So Sea uh, Captain Coaching has several different diagnostic tools that we help use with our clients. Most of our listeners, it's, they're well versed in those at this point, but they measure personal professional goals, performance and achieve results. Now, you use the Hogan as a diagnostic tool, but you sort of customize it to suit your coaching. Give us some maybe some perspective there. Yeah, Phil, I like using um, the Hogan personality assessment just as a baseline for people. And when, if they've never seen those reports, they're kind of blown away by the, the detail behind them and how these subscales interact or interact. What I like is it gives you some sense of your so-called sunny side behaviors or bright side behaviors. So kind of how a person is on a normal day it gives you your dark side behaviors. So some of the ways you express yourself or you are expressed when you're under stress. And then a pretty good understanding or detail around what motivates you, where are your values. So I find that to be a good baseline. And then what I like to do with people is it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about before. I will sit with folks and we'll work through some exercises that I've made for them that go into their interests and their aptitudes. So what do you like? You know, what do you feel like you're good at? What what have people told you you're good at? How do those things square with whatever you have told me is your next step in terms of career, your next step in terms of personal growth? Because my my sort of theory is people do better when there's relatively little dissonance in their life. And if somebody tells me because they think they should tell me, oh, I want to be the CEO. Well, but you tell me that, you know, all these other things are important that are going to take you away from that. How do you square that? 
And so those are the conversations that I really like having with people because I think they, it, it really helps them progress. And that's a little bit how I use the Hogan plus some of my own sort of, let's say, uh, garage-created assessments to help people out. Yeah, I know that Hogan is the gold standard. Phil has another has a coach on his team, Colonel Dan Cormier, who uh, uses that. Does he teach at the Naval College, Phil, as well? Yeah, he teaches at Salve Regina, but also at the Navy War College, and he's uh, he's Hogan certified. So we're we're big fans, and we have all you know our coaches within the Sea Captain framework. You know, generally have an assessment tool that they use, and and but I think what's interesting is how you apply it. I think that was uh, really cool. Greg, we probably ought to get a wrap on this thing, huh? Yeah. So I've got one more. I know we're close to time, but I do have one more question. I got to ask Brian, or I'll be kicking myself. So with all this experience and all these credentials you have, what is the most impactful leadership development training or personal growth seminar you have ever attended? Yeah. So back in the day at General Electric, I was sent to a to Crotonville, New York, uh, where their, their campus was for learning, for leadership learning. And I was there for three weeks for a leadership development course. Great course. And one of the things, several things that were great about it, first of all, it was just an honor to be selected to go. So that's kind of an affirmation on your career that, hey, you're doing some of the right stuff. It was also just such an honor to be with a lot of other high-performing folks from that business who were not from my little business. So I was with people from all over the world, plastics, GE lighting, appliances, and you just got to spend three weeks with people focused on nothing but how do you, what are leadership skills I need to develop, developing those with my colleagues, but also getting a broader view on there's the tactical stuff, but then let's talk about some strategic thinking and how how companies think in a strategic mode. Um, and for me, that was a that was a career accelerator. It was a mind blower, and you know that was something I had the pleasure of doing. I think I was 33 um, when I went to that course, and it, it really did, I, in my view, change my perspective, but also trajectory of career. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was a good question, Greg. And I and because I was. I would have thought up until that answer to that question, he would have said the Sea Captain Coaching podcast. But yeah, but no uh, asked you about your question, but that I, was number two, the number well, two, very close, very close second, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, Brian, we we're gonna put a we're gonna put a bow on this thing. But how do people who because I can't imagine anybody listening to this thing today says I don't want to have Brian Jones in my life in some way. But how do they find you? So uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm putting a lot of stuff out there on LinkedIn on a weekly basis. And then, you know, my website is www.coaching4, the number four, executives.com. And yeah, always happy to talk to people about what's going on with them and see if there's some place we can work together. Yeah. And that, on your website, that's where you can get the uh, white paper we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, the three common leadership challenges, which is a great one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, you know what, Greg, I, again, Brian, thanks so much, but Greg, oh, so thank you. Greg, this was I, a good one. You, like- uh, you outdid yourself. Yeah. You, you outdid yourself prepping Brian for this one. And, and, and it's just a real pleasure. I hope our paths continue to cross and my best to you in your pursuits. Uh, but I don't think you're going to need, you're not need <laughs> much help here. We'll, uh, <laughs> Phil, look honestly, forward to I mean, seeing you. Uh, oh, you're very kind. And again, Big, uh, big thanks to you for uh, being so gracious when we first met. Yeah, it was a weird kind of crossroads, right? Do I stay? Do I go? What do I do? And uh, you helped provide a, just a ton of clarity for me to clear our ideas to clarify my thinking, let's say. And hyper, hyper appreciated. Lisa, it was great to meet you. Greg, Thank great you. to meet you. And yeah, look forward to another time. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. 
If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at SeaCaptainCoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 